0: Islamic Finance News, the world's leading Islamic finance news provider, this is IFN Podcast. Compliance has a cost, and this is also true in the case of Islamic Sustainable Finance. My name is Vinita Tan, the Managing Editor of Islamic Finance News. And in today's episode, we speak to Formida B, the Chair for Europe, Middle East, and Asia, at international legal firm Northern Rose Fulbright, also the firm's European Islamic finance head, to understand the regulatory landscape for Islamic sustainable finance. Now, sustainability has always been a driving force in Islamic finance, although the notion of Islamic sustainable finance is a relatively new phenomenon. It starts off by painting a picture of how investors have come to embrace or demand Islamic
1: sustainable finance products. Sustainability has always been at the heart of Islamic finance. So it's a principle of Islamic finance that money should be used for social good and that the only thing, uh, you you cannot just focus on financial return. There has to be a wider benefit to society. And people talk about the Makassid al-Sharia, so the purpose of um, the Sharia and The purpose behind Islamic finance and sustainability really ties into that. In the past, there has been criticism that perhaps Islamic finance, as it's been practiced, has been overly formalistic with a focus on um, removing interest from structures and um, focusing on certain prohibitions. What sustainability does is to look at the broader purpose of why finance is is being put forward and what it's looking to achieve, the impact of it. So to that extent, extent, sustainability has always been at the heart of Islamic finance. But I think perhaps in the past, we didn't bring it to the fore as much as we're doing now. And one of the reasons that we're doing it now is because in the conventional markets, uh, sustainability, ESG financing has grown enormously in the last 15 years or so and increasingly so in the last five years. So that depth of um, funding liquidity that's available in the conventional sustainable markets is something that Islamic uh, finance is becoming increasingly aware of and uh, and tapping into so the combination of liquidity plus the fundamental purpose of islamic finance have come together in the last 3 or 4 years it's very recent really and islamic sustainable finance is becoming increasingly important
0: As you've mentioned, sustainability is at the heart of Islamic finance. And I think there is a lot of talk about the benefits and the natural confluence of Islamic finance and sustainability. Um, Yet, Islamic sustainable finance products remain a fraction of the Islamic finance industry. Why is that the case? Is there a hesitance or are there obstacles which are hindering investors and issuers from embracing Islamic social finance?
1: Well, I guess if you compare conventional green finance with Islamic uh, green finance, uh, those two things have always been a small part of the broader market. And conventional green bonds, for example, have grown really since 2007. Um, There was an initial deal in 2007 by the European Investment Bank uh, of six hundred million euros, but from two thousand and seven to two thousand and twenty, we now have a market that is at one trillion dollars, and that is growing exponentially. By contrast, the first green sukuk was done in two thousand and seventeen, and we've only had seventeen green sukuk uh, to July twenty twenty. The majority in Malaysia and Indonesia, so it's a much smaller market, and it started ten years later. Um, and I think w- what I would expect and hope is that that market would grow exponentially in the way that we have seen with a conventional green market. So I- I'm not sure that it's hesitancy. It's really just a question of how quickly uh, these market how quickly the conventional market has grown and therefore fed into the Islamic market, but there is increasing growth. Now, now that there are additional steps, of course, that are needed in order for a a Sukuk, for example, to be treated as a green Sukuk. So in addition to complying with Sharia um, principles, you also have to comply with the green bond principles, for example. And there are increasing layers of regulatory uh, framework that are being built around um, Islamic sustainable finance. And so Potential issuers need to get comfortable with that um, and see that there is a benefit to them in going through those additional steps um, that they see either in investor demand or in um, sort of you know, tax benefits, for example, um, or in regulatory compliance. So it's a very new market. It is developing. But I think the expectation is that it will continue to grow very fast.
0: You talk about the additional steps required. Could you elaborate more on perhaps any structural challenges when it comes to engineering new Islamic sustainable finance products?
1: So I think the most important thing is being able to demonstrate what the impact of that finance is going to be. So if you raise money, you have got to have, you know, for example, a green project in place. You've got to be able to show that the Money that the investors are putting into a Sukuk issue, for example, will be used to provide green energy, or will be used to um, provide more education for children, or whatever the the social good is that um, that is being done. And it has to be measurable. The impact has to be um, measured and reported back to investors. So I I t- spoke earlier about the additional regulatory framework. So. ICMA, um, the International Capital Markets Association has four sets of principles for green bonds, social bonds, sustainability bonds and sustainability linked bonds relating to, for example, how the proceeds will be used, um, how there will be ongoing reporting going forward. It's important that you have an independent third party verify that what you're doing really will contribute to sustainability. So getting that additional report. The EU this year in March 2021 Issued its sustainable finance disclosure regulations, which sets out how much sustainability related information market participants need to disclose. And in addition to that, we also have local sustainability frameworks in some jurisdictions like Malaysia and Indonesia. And if you're going to tap into um, the ESG market generally, there's generally a requirement now to get an ESG rating as well, and a number of institutions provide that rating. Um, But there isn't a single criteria that they all apply. So you can sort of see that in, you know, you're, you're complying with your Sharia principles, with the ICMA principles, you're getting a third party um, opinion that what you're doing works. Um, if you're marketing to to investors in the EU, which is a very deep market, you need to comply with EU requirements, your local sustainability framework and get an ESG rating. All of those are uh, sort of substantial uh obligations that you have to comply with compared to, say, going out into the market and issuing a conventional bond. And so in order to jump through all of those different hoops, it has to be worthwhile. So with all these
0: additional layers and all these compliance requirements, one would assume that it would be perhaps more expensive to go down this route. And if so, why would investors choose to do it? What is the payoff um, worthwhile, in your opinion?
1: Um, I think the payoff is worthwhile. Two reasons, I think. First of all, there is the purpose of this financing. It is to promote social good. You know, we're living in a world at the moment where uh, people have been profoundly impacted by the pandemic. Hundreds of millions of more people have gone into poverty compared to where we were. Um, And if the world is committed to um, implementing the social development goals by 2030, which is a broad social good that Islamic finance should be completely behind, then a lot of work needs to be done. Um, So the pandemic, the the climate change crisis um, means that there is a deep need for financing to be focused on Making a positive societal change that, combined with the fact that there are now huge capital flows that are focused on sustainability and that are that are there uh, to invest in projects, um, in uh, steps that will be taken to promote those sdgs and to make a social change mean that there is a much much wider investor pool than there has been before for this kind of socially positive financing so you know th- th- there are different numbers around but the the islamic finance council in the UK, said that they expect 30 to $50 billion of capital to come forward for green and sustainability, Sukuk, so to 2025. And at COP26, there was an announcement of the, the Glasgow Alliance for Net Zero, where 450 institutions from 45 countries with capital of over $130 trillion said that they would be not only... Uh, changing their own internal policies, but changing their investing and lending criteria for projects that were focused on achieving net zero. I mean that those kind of capital flows, Bloomberg have said that assets under management are likely to be a third um, focused purely on sustainability linked projects. So th- there's a, there's going to be a lot of money out there that investors uh, will find. Um, that they can access if they focus on sustainability.
0: When it comes to sustainability, Europe is the market that we turn to. When we think about Islamic finance, we think about the likes of Malaysia, Saudi, and even UK when we look at the Western markets. What about Islamic sustainable finance? Which markets are most appealing in your opinion or which markets are more supportive towards this agenda?
1: So we've seen that of the the seventeen green sukuk that were issued uh, up until July 2020, uh, an overwhelmingly large number came from Malaysia and Indonesia, and both of those countries have created local sustainability frameworks. So, you know, it, it is likely that there will be more green issues coming from from those two countries. But if you look at the Middle East, the UAE, for example, has uh, its energy strategy, which is looking at renewable energies going forward. And that is also a part of the Saudi Vision 2030. Um, so we would expect there to be more issuances from the Middle East and the Gulf in particular. But also countries like Turkey, Pakistan, um, have also been very focused on sustainability and impact of climate change. So this deep market that I referred to earlier is something that they could access. Looked at more broadly, there is now, as I said, a much greater focus on how to build back better as we come out of COVID. And many of the people who have been impacted the most by coronavirus are in Muslim majority countries. And I think when those countries are looking at how they can rebuild their infrastructure, whether that's health, education, employment, there has been in Europe, a very big focus on social bond issuances to try and Um, ameliorate the effect of the pandemic and those are structures and capital flows that these Muslim majority countries can also tap into as the world generally tries to support development post-pandemic.
0: So looking forward to 2022, do you think we'll see more issuances? What's your market outlook for Islamic sustainable finance. We will see more products. We will see will we see more players coming into play.
1: Yes. So my expectation would be that as we look towards twenty twenty five and hopefully starting um, next year in a post pandemic world, um, there will be many more issuers coming to the market. So new issuers coming to the market, and tapping not just into green sukuk but also social sukuk and sustainability and sustainability linked to Sukuk, and also, you know, general financing, but it's the Sukuk that I think we see more visibly, generally speaking. Um, So I think there will be many more issuers, many more jurisdictions tapping into this market, and of course, a much greater investor base looking at Islamic finance um because what they're focused on is the impact and not the structure of the the financing that they are uh, putting their money into um certainly as a as a firm what what we're looking at in particular is the energy transition you know we see a lot of our um, traditional energy clients setting up their their new projects in a sustainable and or renewable way, and we are we are expecting a number of projects that were conventionally uh, financed now being refinanced in a in a sort of sustainable way going forward so as a firm we are expecting to do a lot more uh, sustainable finance um certainly in the conventional markets but hopefully much more in the islamic markets as well excellent thank you so much Farmida for your time today
0: Thank you for listening. For more discussions on the Islamic finance industry, log on to www.islamicfinancenews.com. You can also listen to IFN Podcast on your favorite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.